Hey folks, this week's episode is featuring the quarantine crew from earlier in COVID. The players are Lee Lamsonquay, Bianca Sia, and Punky Johnson. I'm speaking at the top of this episode for two reasons. One, it is actual chaos, and I had to edit it down by a lot because everyone was in a different city and literally no one was paying attention. It was intense. That's first. Secondly, Punky Johnson is an amazing comic and person. I literally get choked up thinking about who she is as a friend and a human that I deeply respect. Punky has worked so, so hard to make gains in this industry. If you don't believe me, listen to her solo episode on this very podcast. And a few weeks ago, we were able to say openly that she has become the newest cast member of SNL for its 46th season. She deserves this so much and she will enhance the show in ways we will most assuredly all be blessed by. So please excuse the chaos of this episode and enjoy it. We still wanted to release it because getting her back on service from hell might prove to be just a bit tougher in the future and we couldn't be happier for her we love you punks we cannot wait to see you on our tvs everybody watch snl look for her you already know and love her let's get after it i just got a text from punky saying relax hoes i'm trying to figure this shit out because our podcast today is going to be via skype because zoom has all these weird rules and like if you go over 40 minutes you gotta start paying and blah 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 whatever skype's free so we are having a reunion episode right now with all of the quarantine crazies and they gave me a lot of bonus episodes and we're hoping that in the future the conversation changes from about quarantine to about anything else because at this point I'm sick of talking about it we're sick of dealing with it but things have changed for everyone actually that's about to be on the podcast and so I have a lot of questions some of which you guys have sent some of which you guys have called me with text with asked about kind of what's going on for everyone and yes since we last ended our last recording everything has changed and I believe um, one of us at least is back to work and so we want to get followed up with that and and just catch you guys up in general. But hopefully, you know, I thought this bonus episode was going to just be us talking about how amazing it was to, you know, have everything back up and running up in LA and that we were all going to be there together. And had you told me that this was going to go into August and conceivably beyond then, I would have been just gobsmacked. I wouldn't have known what to say. So, you know, here we are. It's August. And at the date of this recording, it's August the 9th. We are, this episode isn't going to air until September, but, you know, I hope that by the time it airs, everything is different, but I don't know. So this is the quarantine crew getting back together and trying to figure it out. All right, here we go. Oh, hey, hoes. Hi, is, is Hammy on? So she tried to call in. Some, so I think she has it, but something happened. Hey, she made it. Hey, Punky. Y'all pissed off. <laughs> What'd you say, Punks? I said y'all pissed. No, not pissed at all. We just thought that Nick had killed you and... I'm dead. <laughs> Punky, do you have... I don't know if you're at a house or a restaurant where you're at, but do you have headphones um, or anything where your audio can be a little better? <laughs> I don't know. It looks kind of like she's she might be at a restaurant. Are you at a restaurant? I'll be... Yeah, yeah, oh. uh, yeah. So listen, in like five minutes, I'm gonna go outside where it's quiet. Okay. <gasps> this bitch is at Chuck E. Cheese trying to do your <laughs> podcast. You dickhead. But can y'all, if Bianca, if you two are gonna talk, can you mute your uh, computer so I can do the intro without hearing? Yes, you. I muted mine, you fucking freak. Ew, go back to Chuck E. Cheese, loser. Go back to fucking Cheesecake Factory, you bitch. Oh, this is. I forgot that this is chaos. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, hi. You're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I currently work or I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. Okay, y'all, I'd like to welcome back our guests, the insane pack of wildebeest that got me through the first few months of quarantine. We have Punky Johnson, Lee Lampson Quay, and Bianca Sia. This is the same ragtag group of idiots you heard throughout most of all of the previous bonus episodes for this COVID-19 time. And you all have emailed asking if we were going to do a follow-up episode. And I decided we needed to deliver because it has been since May. Uh, well, it hasn't. We haven't met up since May, which is insane to me. And we are now in August. This episode will air in September. So it's been so many months. And as it stands now, only two of us are in the same apartments and same cities as we were when we ended the first time around for all the bonus episodes. So we have a ton to catch up on, but we will for sure get to that. So I know all of you folks have a ton of questions and we've been emailed them. And so we're going to start that process once um, I think, you know, Punky is at a restaurant. The girls are hungover from last night. So we're basically all back to our same bullshit. And so, you know, you're about to hear all about it, y'all. And um, yeah, that's going to be it. So let's get to it. All right. So that's at least the intro. That's done. Yeah. I am hungover. Now, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, everybody. I didn't plan to do this. I didn't plan to be like this. I wanted to be ready for everybody, but I failed you. I failed you all. Forgive me. <laughs> you know what, Punky? It would be off brand to be anything other than hungover right now, because since the other girls are out gallivanting around, I want to ask you. So <laughs> she's laughing. <laughs> so where, Punky, where are you right now? Are you in LA? Because it looks like you're in a restaurant somewhere. Talk to us. I am in New Orleans, Louisiana, because I left LA. Fuck them expensive ass motherfuckers, bitch. Word. How long have you been in back in New Orleans where you're from? Since Father's Day, I came to surprise my father for Father's Day, and then I never fucking went back. LA is way too expensive, and I noticed that the food out here is like a dollar less. Like, the milk is a dollar less. The meat is like a dollar, two dollars less. less. Why do they do that to people in Los Angeles? It's already hard enough to live out there. Now they want us to fucking starve? Yeah, this I mean... Is- for me it's isn't it nuts and once you get out of it you're like oh i normalized paying 25 dollars for a cheeseburger how weird of me how dare i um exactly so punky so you went and surprised your father for two weeks or well you surprised him for father's day did you quarantine for two weeks before you actually saw him no because i drove so what i did was after we protest i quarantined for 10 days and then i drove and that took me like another five days so you had and i did get on the airplane or anything so my parents were like all right come on in bitch okay and so what happened to your apartment in la do you still have it i gave up my apartment i do <gasps> not i no longer pay rent in that place okay so is um are you comfortable talking about did you go by yourself or did you bring people with you on the journey to new orleans i came out here well i drove with Bung chow um, and then we went to visit nick in oklahoma and then Fung Chow got knocked the fuck out. And then um, after he got knocked out, we drove to New Orleans. Oh, my God. Fung Chow got knocked out. How? Why? 
because he's funk child and he's stupid. All I know is, bitch, we was at a club and we was getting down, bitch. And then we was like, let's take a group picture. And as soon as we tried to take the group picture, funk child went missing. We was like, where the fuck is funk child? So we looked all over the place for funk child. And then when we got outside, we saw him talking to these gangsters. So we tried to get him from the gangsters. This is so your he, fault if he did, Punky. You encouraged yeah, You encouraged him. <laughs> so me and Nick, we tried to go and get him and the dudes that he was talking to was like yay you're lucky y'all came got him because we was about to fuck him up and Funk Child started saying talking shit and then the dude was basically like say one more thing and then all I know is I don't know what the one more thing that Funk Child said but that nigga <laughs> said one more thing <laughs> no I heard he got his ass kicked they were talking about it at the store the other night it, all I know is when he said one more thing he got snuck no i mean he wishes somebody would all the time though that's kind of his whole deal is like push people to the limit because he wishes they would okay so that's lee's voice well, and bianca's I, voice that you're I, hearing oh, I, oh go ahead he was knocked out for like half minutes nick tried to pick him up but it was dead weight so then nick dropped him pow then then he bust his head oh my god <laughs> i was like oh he's dead for sure now <laughs> Oh, my God. oh no! <laughs> See, this is why I call people on this on this Zoom or this chat or whatever the hell this podcast. That's why I call us wildebeest because we just sort of think this is normal. <laughs> like we're just like, oh yeah, that guy that we all know gets his ass kicked. Um, okay. Sad. Who needs friends or who any who needs enemies when you have friends like these, right? Hello. Okay, so uh, Bianca and Lee have joined us, and I sort of did a quick intro for everybody. Do you guys want to throw out your socials before this gets completely derailed? We don't have to, but you totally can. Yes, my name is Bianca Sia. I do a podcast called How Neil Feel with Neil Brennan, and my IG is I fucks with Bianca. I F U X W I T Bianca. I don't have my advertisement prepared. Um, that was on the fly. That is very good. I am Lee, L E I G H dot L dot Q on Instagram. That's my personal, but then my pastry business. Did I tell you I was a pastry chef? What? You guys, it's brand new information. Newsflash. Um, <laughs> Uh, at Abington Ave Pastry, um, A-B-I-N-G-T-O-N-A-V-E-P-A-S-T-R-Y. And I just made Black Forest Cake for Steve Simone's Going Away, and it was fucking delicious. Oh, wait, and is- I have little mini cupcakes that everybody's going to get to taste, and I wish you guys could have some. Amazing. We have to get to the Steve Simone thing in a second. That's in the list of we have a ton of questions that people have asked. So we got to get to those. But Punky, do you want to throw out your socials whilst you're sitting in this restaurant eating? Oh, her, good. She's chewing. So that's helpful. It's Punky P-U-N-K-I-E Johnson J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Uh, I mean, that, wait, that's my fucking email. Well, that's out there. <laughs> What's, no. your, what's your phone number too? Crazy. She's like, and my password. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom's maiden name and my favorite pet. Good, Wait, Punky. Why is she on mute? Um, but she keeps doing it to help me because the sound is too loud at the goddamn restaurant where she is oh, whilst I'm trying oh, to record so a motherfucking she podcast. She couldn't prioritize us? Is that what? No, she was hungover and I told she And she said she she's knew. good. Yeah, she knew. I know. This is why I sent, listen, I sent texts, emails. I confirmed. It's all good. I'm not mad. I knew. You can only do, you can only do what you can do. Boo-boo. I know. And I, you know what? In my head, I was like, Bianca's going to be 10 minutes late and Punky may or may not show up. This was in my oh, head. Yeah, that's rude. <laughs> I was seven minutes late. I'm feeling like you're wearing a shirt that says stop killing black people, but stop judging black people too, Kate. Okay? Because somehow the white people are getting off scot-free. Always. It's, it's always privilege, baby. Wait, Lee, what'd you say? Punky. Oh, we're talking to Punky. She was at the sandwich shop down the street from her house. That's great for the listeners. They really, that's (laughs) that's the important detail. 
she used to well she used to she used to work there so when i went to visit her in orleans i went in and it's like she's like a celebrity when she walks in there it's hilarious but i don't know if that's where you are because it's so dark Mm -hmm. well she told me she'd go outside eventually but she keeps shoving food in her mouth so i don't you know i don't know what she said this is gonna be fun to edit okay so i'm gonna start in on these questions because people have a lot of them uh well first was how much did you all miss doing this every week and I, I mean, for me, a lot. I was like, oh, this was kind of a fun part of quarantine. Editing hell, but definitely this was a fun little thing. So if anyone's going to be present, I mean, Bianca's looking at her phone. Lee just got up and walked away. Damn it, I am a professional. <laughs> uh, I, I miss it because it was, it really, like, I, I don't know. It all, it's strange because it feels like it was years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. But it definitely gave me something to like some it it was like an appointment that I could keep every week that sort of kept things normal and we got to like you and I Kate ended up getting so close which I did not you know it's just like that's one of my favorite things about the quarantine thus far is how many new relationships I formed with people that I didn't like I wouldn't have had the chance to do that with otherwise I think. You just get put in interesting situations. Punky, did you miss doing this every week? I 100% did. Uh, it gave me like, it gave me something to look forward to. It gave me clarity because it's always good to talk to people who have a good idea. Because like y'all, y'all know where y'all at in y'all life. Y'all know what y'all want. Y'all are very like set in your brain of, you know who you are basically. And it's really good to be around people like that and, and that energy, especially in this time. Cause it's so, it's hard. People are going crazy out here. A lot of them are. And it's hard to stay motivated. Like in that time, I think it's so, it would have been so easy for everybody to just kind of sit and stare at a wall for four months and get lost in like the crazy of it and feel unmotivated or, you know, just feel lost in it. And so I think it's fun to be around people who are like, okay, how am I going to keep my hustle going Mm-hmm. through this stuff and it's it's motivating to stay with pe- to be with people who aren't like just giving up to like giving it all up to the ether you know it's fun that was one some of the feedback that i got was like it was interesting they were saying you know well bianca's still doing her podcast and lee's got her business and punky still you know because punky you talked about in several episodes how you were taking meetings and you were on your grind and you said you know 9 a.m to 7 p.m you are working that was your thing and i think i mean that was some of the feedback i got too that's interesting that you guys tuned into that as well that that it was you know that we were not part of the group of people that became instantly lost and instantly depressed not that there's anything wrong with being in that in that grouping but it did help me a ton too, because I was going through chaos at the time. So it helped to have people be like, hold on, right size this. This isn't as insane as you think it is. It's going to be okay. Like, it, So it definitely helped. All right. So the next question I got was, is anyone back to work in, in our crew? I am not. I am. Punky, are you back to work? No, I just drink for a living. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's on just, brand. Uh, you know, I got, I, I, I'm about to, I got two producers attached to two shows right now. So it's just like, the work is up to me, you know, like I just got to get them these pitches and make sure they're good and solid so we could go in with, to a network. But the good thing is I got two producers and, um, and, and, and that's it. Okay. I can't, th- I got one more thing going on, but I can't talk about that on here. I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys later. Okay. And you, you haven't gone back to the store though, Punky, cause you said you you're now in New Orleans. So that was it pitched to you that bartenders aren't necessarily needed right now, or you just volunteered, you just said, take me out of the rotation. Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 yeah, if it's if you can't live out there making that, we was making money, you know. Yeah, we we, we are a certain lifestyle, and I don't know how to go to that. What I can do is come by my mom and save all the money that I'm getting though. So when I go back to LA, I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. and then Bianca, yeah. are you working, Bianca? 
besides your podcast, which you obviously are still recording. Yeah, no, I'm doing podcasts. Um, I'm doing, no, I'm not going, I'm not back at the store. I'm just doing the podcast. We're getting more and more sponsors, which is more and more funny for me. Thank you. And more listeners. Like, I don't know what happened, but as soon as it was, as soon as it was like, it was like Chris D'Elia and then the Black Lives Matter movement picked up and our viewers, our listenership, like, went through the roof with those two things for some reason. And now everyone's podcast is getting taken down. I'm like, yes. Wait, really? <laughs> be the last one standing. <laughs> Who? No, just like, so Chris's congratulations. Um, Fire and the Kid, Callan and Shab. Those, they came down? Um, they just are going on hiatus. Okay, we're going to get, so that was, I've been hammered with comedy questions that they wanted you folks to weigh in on. So we're going to get there, but I don't want to. I'm just saying that like they're, it's there's like, an opening i'm like is there gonna be no one doing podcasts like more sponsorships for me there's, there's, gonna, be, there's gonna be like the whole lineup at the comedy store is gonna be completely empty so, so that's All a the guys are getting passed we're getting um, there I'm yes kidding, I'm kidding. well people people um, are yeah, really want to know so we'll, we will absolutely get there go ahead bianca and then i'm just working on writing projects and getting a lit manager like i'm good for you girl. With like a particular lit manager that's just like please god jesus let this work but yeah so i'm just like okay take out a side go- a side gig job that helps supplement your income okay cool so what the fuck else are you gonna do when that's gone yeah. And that's where I'm at. And it's like some people are going down. Some people are losing focus. And I do think that to answer your earlier question, it was very nice to have this because this podcast, it really broke up the monotony. Mm. It broke up the like, OK, what the fuck is this life? And then we met with each other and everyone was still grinding and everyone's still doing stuff. I think it kept us a little bit more um, focused Mm -hmm. that like, yo, don't lose focus. This is just temporary, Mm -hmm. like actually thrive right now. So Mm. I feel like everybody, all four of us have actually thrived a little bit Mm -hmm. more in quarantine. I would a hundred percent agree with that, that I feel way more focused creatively. And Lee, you had said in earlier episodes that you had now had all this time to, okay, now it's time to really become the pastry chef. Not that you weren't, but that you were, you were, you know, I got to market my business. What does this look like? Um, Mm -hmm. So Lee, specifically for you, because of the four of us, you're the only one that's physically back at the comedy store. How, How is it? It's weird. I mean, it's great in some ways. I... I was so annoyed because I was annoyed and grateful, I should say, hashtag grateful that I'm chosen to be one of the five people in the rotation to work. But also I just was jo- I'm like, I don't want to be a fucking parking lot cocktail waitress. I'm going to yeah. start smoking cigarettes just so I can ash in people's food and uh, <laughs> tell, them, tell them to kiss my grits. Like, I don't. So, can you explain? Uh, so I, not everybody understands or has seen uh, the social media for the comedy store. When you say parking lot cocktail waitress, why do you say that? Oh, so it was, you know, I, we can't. Oh, the only things that are allowed to be open in L.A. right now are restaurants that serve food. So you can't just go somewhere and drink. You li- we literally have to sell food with every drink or every table has to order something to eat with their drinks. So and nothing can be inside. So they're pulling um, all the tables that they can socially distanced into the parking lot and on the patio. And so we've just, and they've strung like lights. It doesn't look bad. They've actually done a really nice job. They've strung lights over the parking lot to give it some ambiance. But at the beginning, it was just like, this is not the dream. I'm going from like, now I'm like 
figuring out how I don't want to wait tables anymore or how to not wait tables anymore, mm. like building the business. And then you go back to a job that's not even close to what you left in the first place. I don't know. Mm. It was just, um, it was strange. But the, when I got there, the people were so happy to just be able to be back and sit there, even if it was in a parking lot outside with no comedy because there's still no live entertainment. Um, so essentially the comedy store is just bar and grill right now. Or if you could call it that. But and they figured out that they can do live streaming of podcasts from the original room onto a TV screen. And that's the only way we're and it's like got a minute delay or something. So it's not technically live. So people come like last night, people went up to watch Sam Tripoli's podcast in the parking lot. Like he was in the OR recording it. And then the TV in the parking lot and the TV on the patio were broadcasting it at a minute delay. So if people are really happy to be there and they're tipping well, because they're just like, please don't close. Like they're just really grateful. That's actually nice to hear. Uh, I thought that there might be a, well, we don't have any money, so we can't tip. So I'm glad to hear that people are grateful. Yeah, no, they're literally people like the schlubby people that you used to be like, Ugh, I don't want them. They are actually tipping 20%. So, and, the, and I've gotten, there's some, some people, some comedians that are going through some things right now that I've seen that we'll I'm, get getting, there. I'm getting tipped more than I've ever gotten tipped from them before. I'm mm. like, I'll take your fucking blood money right now. Thank you. We know the secrets. Okay. And um, the other question about work I got was, are you being asked to wear a ridiculous face shield? Yes, I'm wearing, I have to wear a mask and then a face shield over it. Okay. It's like, it's fine, but then by the end of the night, you just want to rip it off because you feel so claustrophobic. And then also, you know, we all have our little shtick when we go up to the tables and you're, you know, you want to be charming and cute. They can't fucking hear what you're saying. Oh. So I'll go through this whole <laughs> I'm so funny thing and they're just staring at me. I'm like, what's happening they're like what i'm like never mind never mind what do you want to fucking drink <laughs> yeah you're like my ego's taking a hit okay and are people commenting about your new policies i don't totally understand this question but i guess are people uh well i, I guess i understand it are people just saying oh take your face shield off or why do you have a mask on or are they are people just whatever we get to be out no they're just really grateful to be there i can't tell you how many people have been like thank you so much for being here and being willing to work mm. and like, people just are grateful honestly like it's nice i've had one asshole customer after day four of my first weekend and it was like and i'm ready for my three-week vacation because i'm on like a rotation with two other servers so i'm working every third weekend Oh, okay. um, That that first four days, I was like making money. People were so happy. They were over tipping all the shit. And then I had this one guy come in at the very end. I was doing last call on the fourth day. And he was just like, do you want to have, you want to be my next ex-wife and you know, all the shit. And I was just like, oh God, I knew it couldn't be perfect forever. And then he was, he I ended up yelling at him and um, telling him I didn't care about him. And uh, then he, he complained. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled a Karen and talked like, to the manager. It's amazing how uh, you can just slide right back into your old attitude problems. Mm-hmm. Punky, if they if they asked you to bartend today, obviously you're in New Orleans. But if you were in L.A., would you start bartending right away? Hell no. <laughs> OK. <laughs> OK, great. I'm not going back to the comedy store. I have decided in my life that I'm not going back to that place. I'll do comedy there, but I'm no longer going to work there. I quit. I fucking quit. 
It is time to move the fuck on, Punky. You've heard it here first, you guys. I know I was going to say the last, yeah, the last thing that Punky told us was that she would always work at least one day a week. What changed your mind, Punky? You know, you just got to, you just got to, I don't want to go back to that life, you know? Okay. Period. It's exhausting. Honestly, like being back here the four days that I was working was, uh, I came home and was exhausted after having like not been running around and then you are on your feet for seven hours. Like, Baking in a kitchen is one thing, but like walking around and trying to navigate this new system, it's very, you have to like wander around in circles to get anything because it's not really streamlined because they're just, it's a makeshift restaurant essentially in a parking lot. You can't, there's no normal door in and out door or way to get anything done efficiently. So you're just, you're walking an extra million steps. Anyway, by the end of that first four days, I was like, I'm fucking exhausted. (laughs) Like that was, it's a lot of work. Well, and And we've. And we were also training, essentially. We were, you know, putting in the reps and the time to make it seem normal to do all the laps at the store and stuff. Okay, so we've already sort of established this, but just really quick, just to follow up on this question, what city is everybody in right now? Well, I'm in I'm in Milford, Ohio. Yeah. Milford? Milford. Yeah. It's tiny. <laughs> where where are you ladies it did look very beautiful the green and then you posted a picture of a deer or something yeah. like that it's like s- okay that's pretty yeah i'm sick of all of goddamn no, deer but you in this place that your picture is or is it fake? no there's a fake background this is fake oh, i don't know how to turn damn. it off she was rich Kate's no headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> it, it looks like a new york loft it's like if i no, i can't i don't know how to get rid of it i set this up on skype ages ago and i'm like well whatever this is just the thing it's gonna be okay good I was like, damn, Kate, I didn't know you were loaded in Milford. Don't got it like that. Nope. But uh, I was doing a a Zoom call after I had done like some late night birthday Zoom with all the 8,000 servers. And I still had a picture of somebody's penis behind my head. And I was like, whoopsie. (laughs) They love it. (laughs) All right, Bianca and Lee, what cities are you in? Obviously, you're together right now. Where are you guys? Los Angeles. Okay. And then Punky, where are you? Punky's not listening. Punky. She just, all right, guys, I'm, I'm I'm getting like fully connected right now. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, look at her. <laughs> committed committed to the podcast, not but 30 minutes in. That's great. <laughs> Finally, we're tuned in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys. Oh, Punky's. I'm all, the way, I'm all the way tuned in now. Now I can hear y'all. I can hear now. I can see now. I'm good. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Now I can hear you better. Kate, but Kate, you know what, Kate? I don't even fucking believe her. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna need to run a motherfucking errand she's gonna go buy some crab legs but you know what's it, it's great that at least we got her at some point like it took 30 minutes but we got her hey guys punky's joined the podcast i got i got i got, I got nick ordering me some food right now so he's I entertained wait didn't you just eat no we just had a snack and then i ain't like that nigga attitude so oh. i was like you know what we'll take the check Wait, so what? And you know what? I'm still nice. I'm still kind and generous. I still tipped him more than 20%, that little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So, wait, you're in New Orleans now, Hammy? This is tell the world. Yeah. What's it? I'm in New I'm in New Orleans now. Uh, once I found out I could work from home, seriously, my dream has always kind of been to make it in Los Angeles, but live in New Orleans and go fly to Los Angeles whenever I needed to fly. Oh, that's great. So I'm kind of living that right now. I mean, I wanted to be able to buy a fucking house. That was the dream. I didn't want to be living with my mom at fucking 35 years old. But hey, you know. <laughs> I wasn't specific with the universe details. and the Lord. <laughs> you yeah, you yeah. better get your prayers more specific, in the details. Girl. Girl. Yeah. yeah, and I was talking to the Lord. He was like, look, bitch, you fucking said what you want. I gave you what you want. And I affected the whole fucking world to give you what the fuck you wanted. So calm down. No, this is all your fault. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, oh, Punky. This is all my fault, oh, bitch. Wow. What a selfish 
So Punky, do you see yourself going back to Los Angeles then? Or are you, are you posted? Like, this is it. You're in New Orleans. Like, did you move all your I'm stuff? Where- I don't need all that shit. When you, when you over it, you just be like, nope, nope. I just bought like maybe four shirts. I bought like 10 <laughs> pair of drawers, six <laughs> pair of socks. Okay. One, two, three, four pair of jeans and like five pair of shoes. But you just bought a whole new wardrobe because you're never coming back. No, I no, I bought that from Los Angeles. I ain't buying nothing. Else. I ain't oh, buying shit. You bought it. Okay, no, brought, it. brought. Oh, I heard that wrong too. Okay, y'all. You... Listen, girl. I bought, brought, bought, brought all the same to me, bitch. Okay, <laughs> now are you able to talk about your relationship sitch, or should we brush past this? All I can say is, you know, it is what it is. Okay. And I'm home with my mother. Okay, we're we're gonna keep going. Um, Official. Safely, she's safe. Yeah, great. That's all we care about. And the question we got was, if you left Los Angeles, why? Well, I think I answered that in all the previous episodes. I had um, a mentally ill roommate. I didn't want to be an idiot. They got so many people out here that just being really, really stupid with the money that they're getting. And like, I just, I can't do that. I, I I mean, of course, I'm gonna make some shitty decisions, and you know, I'm, I'm out. I go out and I eat. But like, I got a cousin. I got a cousin. I got a friend, for instance. She's like, I got to wait for my unemployment to come in next week so I can buy a blue wig. It's like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Yeah. You know, because I just think it's multi. It's, it's like right now I'm just trying to be very smart and very strategic with every move that I make moving forward. You know, because I don't just, you know, I don't know. You just never fucking know. A lot of people were not. I mean, that's the one thing I think all of us have in common is that all four of us were really hesitant to spend any money because we were all just oh, like, scared. we don't know long this is gonna last yep. uh, so little money i have like i just keep like going i check my bank account and i'm like oh I still didn't... there it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> usually you check your bank account and let's say it says like three thousand uh, dollars i have i have more than that who's got it like that okay um, bianca shit this is an example i have more than that um so let's say it's a three g's right and then you that three g stays in your mind mm. so you keep spending you keep spending but you still kind of remember, like, well, I have three thousand, so maybe I have like tw- like twenty nine hundred now or something. And you go back and it's like fifteen hundred. You're like, yeah. <laughs> like you don't see <laughs> monitoring. You're not. You don't have a good sense of, especially because you know it's so easy to swipe a card. And I they didn't so I got you uh, oh Nick's on the podcast now thanks Nick thanks for the grilled onions buddy appreciate you this is chaos okay I'm so sorry Bianca Punky needed grilled onions she's taking a shit on the podcast guys it's fine if you ever go to eat anywhere with Punky it doesn't matter what the fuck she's eating she wants grilled onions on it and put some grilled onions on it okay Ew, look at her face. Ew, Brute. That's a defensive grilled onion face. <laughs> you guys, don't turn Punky's energy off. It took us 30 minutes to get her focused. I swear to God, let her have the grilled onions. <laughs> yes. Yes, motherfucking yes. Anyway, life's been good. I've been eating better. I've been working out. I mean, I still got a big old fat stomach because I can't stop eating all, all the time. I've been sleeping good. I'm peaceful. Mama's taking good care of me. I, I, spend, I just love spending time with my parents because my parents are like my friends. So, That's but my cool. mama be like, don't, 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 don't let this friendship boo you. I still got the fuck out. I'm like, okay, ma. <laughs> Mama's good at boundaries. Okay, ma. That's good. Okay. Yes. So how different is New Orleans handling the coronavirus or how do you feel? Do you feel like, I don't know, has the response made it 
made you aware of how LA may have done things right or wrong? Or are you thinking that's eh, kind of the same? Yeah, New Orleans is so that first of all, we got a black mayor and this bitch ain't playing. You would think she played. You'll be like, you'll think she would be ghetto and be like, y'all be out there doing whatever y'all want, girl. We don't care. It's just New Orleans. No, this whole is crazy. She is calling businesses out by name on the news. Ooh. She's not talking in general. She's not saying, hello, everyone. If you keep playing, I'm going to shut your business now. She's like, no, see that Walmart over there on Bullet? Ooh. One more time here and I'm going to shut you down. Like, she's the news saying shit like that. I see, don't fuck with black women. I mean, that's a that's just the deal. She everything shut down. Me and Nick just tried to go to one of my, my one of my favorite spots, and it was closed. And everything's closed. Everything's closed. The the restaurant that we have right now, they closed. There's no dining, so everybody's standing outside. So it's just you in in New Orleans. You can't do no to go drinks no more. And they, you know, we don't know what that means. Like what? We can't take the drink outside. What? Yeah. In LA now, how is it that New Orleans style drinking has taken over the rest of the world, and now you guys can't actually drink exactly. outside? Yeah, that makes because people because y'all know in LA in LA we know how to take our drink and get the fuck. These these motherfuckers start a whole party. <laughs> they'll just stand outside your establishment. All the motorbike boys come up. Everybody in the jeeps, and then it's a whole damn party. Now we have not go home. No, they don't go home. So it's to interrupt that. Okay. When the mayor made that law, everybody was like, "Girl, whatever." This New Orleans. Every person that sold a to-go cup is now shut down. Really? Ooh. The new everybody. Was, you have to go home. You cannot. It was finish. a one. It was a one strike. You out. Yeah. I told you not to do it. You did it. Not, not everybody got chains on their doors. Well, I talked to someone in Los Angeles who was saying that the compliance officers in L.A. are in direct conflict with the compliance officers that are in like the interior cities like West Hollywood or Santa Monica. And a West Hollywood compliance officer can say, OK, the way this is set up is OK. You can stay open all as well. But then if the L.A. County compliance officer comes in and says, nope, this is shut it down, the ultimate authority becomes the L.A. County compliance officer and that they're they're sort of like bucking up against each other and trying to have some big flex of no i i decide no i decide and it's messing up businesses have you versus police officer essentially that's what i've heard and that the comedy store is becoming a fallout of that that the west hollywood compliance officers came in and said okay yes you can have people perform behind the glass in the original room and do comedy and then the la county officers came in and said that's live entertainment shut it down and the person I spoke to said, you can just pull the curtains. And if it's just audio, all of a sudden it's no longer a live performance. And the, yeah. the, that person was like, this is insane. And it that, is, it, that is, feels yeah. insane to me too. But it's not, I mean, so as far as I, the way that I understood it was not the difference between the two compliance officers. It's that we had one that was working with us and then that person went on vacation. So then another person was taking his place for a while. And so everything he said we could do, the other guy came in. Also, there was some issues with people's egos getting in the way, talking to the compliance officer. What? So, That's, so, so that feels impossible. When the second guy came up and started questioning things, somebody apparently had too big of an ego. And that guy was like, oh, you want me to show you how powerful I am? Can't do shit anymore. So that yeah. was the first thing. And then they shut down even the like the broadcast to the of the podcast through the television in the parking lot. But apparently this is what I'm finding out is like, say they've been doing things and then waiting for the compliance officer to come and say, you can't do that instead of asking. It's uh, a risky model. I'm, it's easier to say, I'm sorry than to ask then permission. Ask permission but, yeah. So they did the window, but nobody told them they could do the window. They just so did it. I, uh. Yes. 
So, and it was great. But then everybody was like, why is this? People were asking me, why is that any different from live entertainment? I'm like, I honestly don't know, but I thought it had been approved, but apparently it wasn't because the compliance officer that is actually our friend came by and was like, yeah, no, you can't do that. It's still, it's too much. So oh, now so they can't do window? Can't do window anymore. So now we're back to just broadcasting podcasts. Damn, um, the window was cool. The window was really cool. It was like comedy in a fishbowl, but it was really cool. That's that, over. It ended Thursday. So we're oh, back really? to mm-hmm. And this is the kind of I stuff would that... Say, though, like, it would be better to just work with the compliance officer and pick a thing. Yeah. Right. And everybody Dude, agree. They did. And that's the live streaming to the television with like a teeny little delay. So it's not officially live. Mm. Right. But, but, then, but that's the thing is like everybody's stressing out because they're not making enough money to make it worth their while to be open. So they're trying to figure out how to get a crowd that they can sustain enough business with in, to pay people because sure. the managers are, I mean, I don't want to, they're out, yeah. yeah. but like they're struggling right now. Like, cause we were all, being taken care of for a really long time. And that's awesome. And I'm really grateful that we were, but like those days are over and now we're just trying, they're trying to figure out how to make enough money to at least keep their management staff on. And that's what this is about. And it's not working. Oh. I mean, it's working, but not well enough. You know what I mean? That's Cause scary. it's like managers are doing security, managers are bartending, all that stuff. Taking up the stack with the weight stuff. Mm-hmm. And I I think that that's another misconception. I didn't get a question about this, but I've heard people in other podcasts and out and about talk about this, that those of us that are on unemployment are being are getting really comfy and just being paid to stay home. And we're really excited and we're never going to want to go back to work. And this is sort of that narrative of the lazy people. Oh, it pisses me too. Me too. Because you have more of an issue with minimum wage hourly workers getting a little bit of money than the billionaire 1%, I mean, the distribution of wealth, the inherent predatory nature of capitalism, it's insane. And when you really get down to it, when you really start, I mean, I'm not going to bore everybody to death with like my view of capitalism, but you have to have a profit for capitalism to work. And that's inherent, That that is like built into the fabric of our economic system. So when you realize how rich billionaires are getting right now, Right now, in the economic crisis, billionaires and Wall Street and a lot of like Wall Street CEOs, like their bonuses, like everyone is getting rich, which is why, and I've always thought this, Wall Street is not a good indicator of how the economy is doing because the economy is doing terrible and Wall Street is thriving. Mm -hmm. And everybody connected to Wall Street is thriving while we are all getting, what, $600 a week and somehow we need to be like... like, Reprimanded or like shamed. We're not worthy. Thank you so much. Like, hell no. Guess what? I'm going to get a return on all the taxes I've paid for a very long time. This Mm -hmm. is what we're getting. We're getting our taxes back. Granted, yeah, we have to balance a budget and we have to figure out where all this is going to come from. It's not going to come from, unfortunately, it's that like Trump saying tax holiday is a bad idea. I mean, it sounds good because it's like, hey, payroll tax holiday. But, you know, it ha- like we have to pay Medicare yeah. and Social Security somehow. Anyway, whatever. Let's not let's not make it too heavy. But it, it is so weird to me. It's like if you have a problem with minimum wage like lowest echelon in tax brackets, getting a little bit of financial assistance, then you better have so much more to say about everything else. If you have nothing else to say but that, then you're ignorant and uh, go get more educated because your point is like null and void in my opinion. Okay, sorry. I know, I 
Come on, snaps. Come on, Bianca. That's 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 facts. And this actually transitions into the comedian discussion because a lot of comics are saying, you know, the amount of money they were paying in taxes in California is making them leave. And we have heard of since in the last couple of weeks, I have been told a lot of comics are packing up and leaving Los Angeles and are saying that it's permanent. And I have obviously been barraged with questions about, did I know that so-and-so was going to be accused of blah, blah, blah. And of course, we're not going to, I'm not, I refuse to answer any of that. And I don't want to get into the specifics of what we do or don't know, or allegedly whatever, but I do. Well, not, girl, is Brian Callen out here fucking these little children? What happened, bitch? When I saw this shit, I said, oh, Lord, Chris, they gonna after your friend. Boy, they going after your friend, Chris. Get out. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh. The story, yeah. What's going on, Brian? But on that note, so a vast majority of the main the main stage comedy store comics are the ones that are getting accused, and a lot of them are leaving. So, do you do you guys think that like what what is the comedy store going to look like? You know, when all the dust settles, because I've heard, um, I guess Joe Rogan is obviously leaving, Theo Vaughn is leaving, uh, Joey Diaz is leaving. Uh, who else? Uh, I guess Steve Simone is leaving. He's leaving at least till the end. Of, he's like, I'm coming back, guys. I'm just going. He's just going to live in Florida with his mom because it's. He's like, why am I paying rent here? And then um, Eleanor's Eleanor is going back to Philly. I thought I saw that. That's true. Is no. she permanently going? Is she like moving, moving? I mean, she got, so they're trying to buy people out of her apartment building. So they gave her a shitload of money. So she's like, well, fuck it. I'm taking the money and I'm just going to go back to Philly. So, I mean, I don't think that anybody thinks it's permanent, but I think they're not, no one knows when they're officially coming back. Yeah. But she's definitely leaving like soon. I mean, Punky, you left. I know. She's like, what? <laughs> like, uh, uh, but yeah. Joey Diaz even stopped. Oh, his, like, it's just Eleanor. He's not yeah. doing his podcast. Yeah, anymore. Joey Diaz stopped his podcast. Why? Wow. We're done. And like he bought a house in Jersey, I think. And he's just moving his family to Jersey to have like a normal life. And so is he done with know, comedy to me? I, I just don't, I don't know where to stop the podcast, but, um, it's getting weird. dude. It's just getting weird. I will say though, the comedy store, there's a large part of comedians and like newer comedians that the comedy store was not tapped into. Those sure. like they were all friends of the store for a long time, you know. So I do think like as far as the comedy store is concerned, if they get kind of just focused on what to do for themselves and can change their strategy on the vibe of comics that they let in, I think they'll be perfectly fine. Yeah. Because comedy still is is in its like it's in its prime still. But there's a lot of comedians that I love that like have are almost never at the store. They're at the That's, store on someone else's show. Yeah, yeah it's it, definitely hard to get into once well, you're if you're not in that like club. Well, if you're not a white bro, it's really really hard to break free from that or yeah. to get on stage. Um, I think they have an opportunity to put a little more diversity. Yeah, I agree. Instead of because I think they just chose people who've like been there for a long time. Yeah, and they're homies people friends of the store whereas now it's like i mean the lineup's gonna look real different real different neil, neil keeps like if anyone has any dirt on sebastian or ali wong <laughs> like, i would be the only one on the lineup <laughs> well i don't think Sebastian. i don't think it's possible sebastian i mean all of anyway well, that's why it's like the most wholesome people yeah like he's so lovely so bianca uh, do you think like 
like, is Neil worried that he may have to leave LA? Not because he's going to get, I don't mean, I'm not dipping into the accused or anything. I'm not saying he would be or is or whatever, but I mean more that if the, if the comedy industry starts spreading outward, because Joe's going to open a club in, in Texas. So if that stuff starts to happen, does he think he may leave? Here's the thing. People, uh, I'm just going to go on a rant. I'm going to go on a banky rant. Here we go. Don't make life decisions under duress. Yeah, it's silly. This is all going to blow me. I'm not talking about Hammy. I think her decision is sound. Um, uh, Like Eleanor, yeah. But like, these people have been famous for so fucking long. Do you know how conservative Texas is? Even if you go to Austin. Yeah. It's liberal for Texas. And it's also the teeniest little town. So I'm it's like, teeny. You're going to get there and be like, oh my God, I'm so fucking bored. People, and I'm not talking about Rogan. I think Rogan knows what he's doing. He's a master of his own destiny. He has plenty of money. He can do all his podcasts, whatever. You know, he's fine. But like, I don't think these people realize when you have never settled down in the last like 30 fucking years of your life and you've never had a normal lifestyle and you can always, like, there's a reason why people live in LA. Mm-hmm. And a forced retirement, like, you know what, this is a good time. I think this is giving people this false idea that things are slowing down. I feel like people are like, I even though it sounds crazy, I think people are like, maybe we should have a baby because like yeah. there's not that much going on right now. Mm-hmm. So if there's not that much going on, why the fuck would I be in LA? But when shit starts popping, yeah. because in a creative drought because people are consuming shows and television and everything so rapidly because we're home a lot. So I'm like, this shit's going to boom. I've been on auditions. Hammy's been on auditions. People are going to create. And when you're in Texas or you're in God knows wherever the fuck that you ran away from to come to LA and you, and you start realizing when shit starts turning back on, I think people are going to have a, they're just going to have a more of a reality check. You know, yeah. so I don't, I think right now this is all like puppy dogs and ice cream. I don't think this is the reality. Even wherever you go, I just, I think people are making weird moves right now because of how it feels right now. Yeah, and that's how, fair. We can't say what tomorrow is going to be like, but this is a virus. Viruses are like a bell curve. You know, they always do come down. They will maybe kill <laughs> a lot of people. According mm-hmm. to Trump, uh, things go, vi- things go away mm-hmm. this week go away. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, thank you, sir. That well, was, that's amazing. Also, so much better. his favorite park is Yosemite. Yeah. Oh, God, I cannot even. I refuse. People in the park. Yeah. He's like calling for Jewish people. Yo, Semite. Girl, I, 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 I do not want to talk about the orange goblin. It, I will I refuse. It makes me so angry. I like one of. You're living in Trump country right now. Yes. Too, right? Yes. You have to like deal with the crazy. Old- I have to. Sorry, like, guys. I must admit, I tapped a confession. I really, really like Donald Trump. Oh my God! What? You're out of your mind. How? Wow, you idiot! You know he. I don't think he should be the president, but I mean, if he was like, if he was like one of my homies, I'd be like, come on, nigga, let's go. Like he's so stupid. He's the funniest public speaker I've ever seen in my life. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Worse. No, no, no. Listen, he. I watched the. I watched every <laughs> single episode of *The Love Apprentice*. I fucking liked him before. Like he is. There is something charismatic. He may be in a dumb way. There is I no mean, way. he's not. I think my favorite. He's, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, he's so dumb. He's got and dementia. I love dumb people. <laughs> Enter Nick and Feng Chow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Listen. Listen up. Listen up. Feng, Feng Chow. Donald Trump 
to bum down Donald Trump. I think my fa- I think my favorite part of Donald Trump was when he was coming down that rail. <laughs> oh my god, the rail that was weird. Wait, the rail. where he, he fell? Blamed. He, he slid. Like they tried to get me with the rail, but I won. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I will say, I'm jealous of people who have to learn about, I'm jealous of high schoolers in the future who have to learn about American history because they literally, the chapter on Donald Trump is going to be, everyone's going to be like, I found this tweet. Well, he said grab him by the pussy. He, he has like so unlimited, one time he was literally standing next to Melania and he's like, thank you so much. I really wish Melania could be here today. And she was like, I am here. <laughs> I'm right here. And he's like, she really, I wish she could have been here today. I'm like, she's right next to you, you fucking psycho. You can't see past his head. So, like, I would say, look, two parts of Donald Trump. One, god-awful, like, mouth-breathing human, human garbage dump. But the other part is... It is entertaining. If it wasn't our country, if this was, I don't know, Canada. Yeah. The, or no, the, let's put it farther away. Let's put it farther away. Yeah. If this was, Brazil, I don't know, Qatar. Qatar. <laughs> if this was Qatar, I'd be like, that guy's so funny. You know? We'd all be, tr- we'd be tuning in as though it was like a, a sitcom or something like that. Just yes. to be like, <laughs> yeah. Like, he does not need to be the president. Like, no, absolutely not. But if you wanted to be my friend, I would definitely be his well, friend. Well, no, he's a racist. <laughs> uh, he is a racist. And and he's and he's racist. So I was gonna say racist, well, rapist. Yeah, racist, rapist. Yes. Wait, say that five times. Racist, right. rapist, rapist. <laughs> All right, I'm changing the subject because I can't. Oh, it's making not. me too angry. Um, Sorry. No, it's okay. Okay, so I do want to address this. I'm tired of being asked about the comics who have been accused of you know the various sexual crimes. How are you guys actually responding to that? I mean, I assume you get asked because of where we work or um, punk you because you're a comic. Do you, are you all just saying deflect, deflect? I don't want to talk about it because it's just too, it's such a fraught conversation. And I feel like, I don't know. I just don't want to, I don't want to be part of the uh, glorifying it or I don't know. This is probably a terrible question that we can skip past because this is not happy at all. I just be sweeping shit under the rug, you know, like I just be having a mindset that those comedians are my children. You know what a mother does. You know what? I didn't see it. I don't know. That's just my precious baby. My baby didn't do nothing wrong. Cause you know, I love me some Chris D'Elia, bitch. He ain't no shit. He is innocent. Okay, well, you know what? Punky just said R. Kelly's innocent, so you know not to listen to her. <laughs> Michael Jackson, MJ, justice for MJ. Sorry for MJ. Oh, we've already talked about that on this podcast. This is my fault. This is my fault. <laughs> I don't have the rights. I don't have the rights, Bianca. Okay. Everybody is innocent. All right, Punky. Super helpful. Kate, you shouldn't have put this question. I know. Kate, it's my fault. You guys going to do shit on these people? <laughs> no, I will because guess what? Chris, what's Chris Lee ever done for fucking me? Nothing. <laughs> Doesn't even tip wow. me. This is personal, you guys. Look, but that's the thing is you're going to treat, like, you reap what you sow. So if you want people to stand behind you, you. Lee, he never fucking tipped me in the entire okay. history of working at the comedy store. He barely acknowledged me when he sat 8,000 fucking whores in my section and then made me <laughs> wait on them and not made any, not give, I'm like, you spread your business around the comedy and we would have five. Five multiple people dating him at the store in different sections at one time. The door guys had to fucking sit them separately so they didn't know each other was there. Mm. And then if you waited on them, you didn't. You, they got everything for free. They just assumed he never even asked if he owed anything, and he never fucking tipped. So guess what? 
All right. Well, somewhat he's a pimp. Doesn't make me want to have his back. Yeah. He, he has he to Punky, you're such an idiot. And he's not funny. So those two things together make me go, bye, Chris. We don't need you, boo-boo. You were rich anyway. You grew up in the fucking entertainment business. Your daddy will take care of you. Bye-bye. And you said his podcast is going away? Oh, no, no. I just think it's on hiatus. Chris has never been funny. He is funny? No. Chris is not funny. He was funny like fucking 15 years ago when he was doing the belly room on Thursdays. And then he just started laughing at his own jokes instead of actually writing material. So bye, Chris. Okay, so on that on that note, what do you think the future of comedy looks like? Because I think it's going to be different with the the, the, the number of the, the amount of dismantling that's happening, which, to be honest, a shakeup isn't a bad thing. Because it gives, you know, a space for, you know, Punky to bump up earlier in the on the lineup or someone like Neil. To, I mean, Neil's already super famous, but, you know, like, I don't think it's all bad. But what do you think the future of comedy looks like for us? And do you think we're ever going to sell out again? Do you think the comedy store will have the boom that we left it at before Corona? Or are you scared of that not happening? If we can ever reopen, I think people are going to be flocking. And I don't know how long it'll last. If we can provide the lineups to keep them there once they get over, like, the initial excitement. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be diverse as fuck. I think it's going to be a lot of women and a lot of non-white comedians. You know, I came from a black comedy club, Comedy Union. I was there for three years before I worked at the store. And I mean, the amount of times I had to put down my tray so I didn't spill my drinks. Like, there's so much. I hate that we kind of do divide comedy sometimes. Black comedy and comedy. Yeah. Black comedy and white comedy. But... I think that's maybe a traditional thing. I really think they should, like, the amount of talent that just came through the the comedy union that hasn't seen the one-tenth of the opportunity that people at the store, like, even just the door guys have. So I do, it's hard for me to feel very sympathetic for them sometimes because I'm like, you don't understand how hard other people are working around Mm -hmm. the country just to get a little bit of exposure. I agree with that. And so... There's so much untapped talent for me where I'm like, everybody is crying. Everyone's crying, laughing. The person taking the tickets, the dude, like Chris in the back, like the bartenders, we're all crying, laughing at at these jokes. And so I just feel like, yo, there's so much untapped potential. I love everybody, every comic that's been to the store, been through the store, friends of the, friends of the comedy store. But I do think outside of the comedy store's control, there is a, there's an opportunity for like a, you know, maybe like a re- Re, imagining. Um, reimagining yeah, reimagining and mm-hmm. redefining like comics sure. at this point you know? it's essentially just broken down the wall of mm. you know like it's like it's like what happened with the servers there like when i used to wait tables there in the early days there was like literally someone had to die before you got a shift mm-hmm. and that is how the server staff went and that's how the bar staff went and that's also how the comedy runs and the comedy is the last man standing in that old way of doing business, I think. is, And the comedy store has always been like this cool club that you have to work really hard to get into. I don't think that should change. And I am a little, I was getting a little annoyed because when they were doing the fishbowl comedy within the window, they were putting up literally anybody that was there because they needed, um, it. They needed people to go in the mm-hmm. window and they were having trouble getting people to come up to do that. And I was like, I have a really, like, I don't think we should sell out the brand just to have someone to perform. Like, you still have to keep, oh. if, you make it, if you make it not cool to be a part of and anybody can join the club, 
it's fucking you up. Okay, That's a great me, point. To that point, to that point, a lot of paid regulars didn't want to do it. No, and I get it, and I get they why. were like, no, no, and I it's get like, why what do they mean, did no, it? Get the fuck up there. Even the door, even a lot of the door guys weren't going up, and it's like, what the fuck? This place just like gave you a place to make money, a place to develop your career that is was literally like you could book anything just by saying that you're a comic in development at the comedy store. You could book anything you can get opening spots for major like major comics on the road. So I think that there's a lot of entitled people that should have gone up and I have my own issues with those things as well. That's an inner circle sort of like workings of the comedy store complaint, but in general, I don't care. I just think uh, once again, desperate choices are being made hmm. and it's not a good look. Stop making drastic choices right now. Guess like, who guess who makes those choices? Men. Want want. Well, and also I think that they always say they tell widows, you know, the first year after your spouse passes away, like, don't sell the house, don't make any big decisions, don't move, don't, you know, don't buy a new dress, don't get a tattoo. It's like, yeah, okay. I mean, that, you know, yeah, well, you know, do live your life. But but yeah, everybody's scrambling, running around trying to like save things. And I get it. It's a scary time. But like, that's when you have to like conquer down the most and really think about things and really let things process instead of making choices out of desperation. Because it's just it's it just at the end of the day, you do what you do now. And then in a year, you're going to have 8000 comics who aren't paid regulars who who are like, wait, I was there when you needed me. And now you're you know, it's just like it's just fucking everything up. You have there needs to be some form of like rhyme or reason to the way that they're doing things that yeah. has a lot that is keeping in line with the policies that the comedy store has always had. I don't think that, I think that it's awesome that we are going to have a lot of room for new comics. And I do think it should be more diversified hundred percent, but it's like, you're dumbing it down by just letting anyone in the room. In the current I mean, moment, I would agree. I don't, I don't foresee them in the future, just having an open door policy, but I would agree that in the current moment, if it's desperation again to both your point and Bianca's point no no good decision gets made in in the desperation so are you so did a question I was asked is um what uh would what would you have done differently if you knew it was actually going to go this long or would you do anything differently had you been told in March BTW well first of all how long do you all see this going how long do you think I mean I think next year for sure I think think that we're not going to be back in like live entertainment in LA until at least January that's what I think too we're going to figuring out ways to do it maybe but like san diego i thought they were legally doing it in san diego and then everybody just got shut down in san diego so they were just winging it until somebody shut them down yeah yeah it's crazy i think it's i i honestly don't think sorry some people are like it's gonna take years i'm like no it's not new zealand's open europe's like south korea's open yeah i mean it's gonna take us longer because we don't have leadership but also we're in the middle of like an election we're in the middle of a lot of lot of civil unrest. So I think there's a lot more going into just besides the virus mm-hmm. that's keeping us like in this longer. But I just you know, the thing about viruses, they come and they go. They do, they come, they go. I mean, with however many deaths, they will go. And um I know there's like a global spike right now, but I think it's just like a ripple effect, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a like a just imagine like, I don't know, like a carton of water and it's like bounce up against the wall and it bounces back. And I just think there's going to be like, I do think this is going to be like mostly over by next winter because everything I'm seeing and the thing, the auditions I've had are for end of the year filming. Yeah, I've seen that too. Next year filming. So 
Punky, have they indicated to you as far as comedy in general when when? Oh yeah, I can do whatever I want. But do you want? Would you be willing to if 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 a club in Austin wanted to book you as a headliner? Would you go? Yeah, bitch, hell yeah. Okay. You already, you already done comedy, didn't you? Work go with open with Polly Shore in Oklahoma City or something. Punky, it's so loud. Yeah, I, like, it's I'm so willing, loud. My, my manager just talked to me about comedy. And he was like, he was just like, you want to do comedy? I was like, yeah, they booked me, booked me. All right. I feel like we're losing people. Only a couple more questions and then I'll let you guys go. Um, uh, so uh, would you guys have done anything differently if if you had known it was going to go this long, though? I mean, I don't think so because it's like, I mean, what, I, what I is there to do? I, I don't. What else would I have done? I don't know. Like, I don't, I can't, if I had gone to Mississippi, I would literally be in my mom's house because they can't go outside. So it's like. I mean, they can go outside and they have a yard because it's Mississippi. So it's like Ohio, you know, yeah. it's like pretty, and green, but it's fucking hot as balls right now. So yeah. I wouldn't be doing shit except for rolling around in air conditioning. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I would still, it was tough for the first month, but then I'm like, I feel like this was a really interesting experience and I, I don't know that I'd want it to be any different than it was for me. A lot of crazy things happened. It was, I don't know. It's just been like a once in a lifetime thing. And I'm sad that people are dying, obviously. And like, I know that it's not just a break. Like it's actually legitimately a health crisis. And I'm very grateful that I am not sick. But I don't know. I think some things are just blessings in disguise. So I I don't think I would have gone. I would have stayed. Bianca, would you do anything differently? Yeah. I mean, I don't really want to. Okay. So yeah, you would. No, I would have not dealt with certain situations certain rude gotcha yeah, male yeah, yeah. situations a little bit like just problematic men i get by um a lot sooner but mm. you know what i really think that if you did this quarantine on your own for the most part you are i mean i don't think there's anything i can't do like i feel yeah. like a superhero i'm just like what what else can you do to me roughly on my own like you know we saw each other once a week once a week <clears> and <throat> it broke up the monotony but like I mean, Hammy had her own situation, or Punky had her own situation, like emotional situation, and did some, you know, got herself out of it. I just feel like this was a test of, like, who are you? And who are you to yourself? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that just kind of clicked up and stayed in, you know, whatever relationships, just for the companionship and the support, good for you. Mm -hmm. But so I feel like we learned a very... A, a lesson that you can't put a value on mm. and you can't redo because it was scary. And now, even if we go back into a pandemic, we kind of know, yeah, you know, we don't know that, that like that March area of like not fucking knowing shit. That was a scary that I don't think anybody ever felt. And we had to live through it mm-hmm. as girl, a women on our own kind of, you know, navigating, what do I do next? You moved, you know, yeah. Hammy moved yeah. or Punky moved. So like, and me and Lee have been roughly on our own the whole time. So I, I do think there is something that we have a little bit of an edge on certain people. We haven't talked about Black Lives Matter at all for this, but that We're was about a to. really interesting time to be in LA. And I was really, I'm really grateful that it literally just became a full-time job for us for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. Like we were out every day. Yeah. And, and what a beautiful uh, gift to be able to look back on, you know, in, even in, in this time in history and think you actually got to participate in it. We're, we're going to get into that. I don't mean to cut you off, Lee, but I want Punky to answer this real quick. Punky, would you have done anything differently in quarantine looking back on it now? And that mute button's real specific. I don't even think she heard me. Now she's just walking around her no. house. Oh, there she is. I'm glad I did the thing. I, my mama watching a movie, so I had to come. I'm glad I get the, the, the things. 
the way I did them. I think once they started saying, okay, we're going to open in two weeks, because we stopped working March 13th. There's like, we'll be see y'all in two weeks. Yep. Yeah. And then I wasn't going to apply for unemployment because I was like, oh, we'll get by in two weeks. And then everybody else started applying for unemployment. I was like, oh, shit, this might be for real. And then it was like, we're going to open in May and then June and then July and then August. And then I think in May, I was like, oh, no, I got to figure out how to get out of this shit. You know, I, no, I wouldn't change a thing. Okay. And then to speak to what Lee, what you brought up in the BLM stuff, Punky and Bianca specifically, do you, do the two of you feel sort of inspired as if, you know, oh, hey, there might be a trajectory where there might be some, you know, some things might actually be shifting, whether it be in the city where you live or just in life in general, or do you both think, eh, it's kind of business as usual, you know, the moment, the moment's over, not going to change, whatever. I don't understand the question. Sorry. So, (laughs) (laughs) so do you feel like things have actually shifted as a result of the protests and, you know, everything that, that got brought to light in a more global scale? Do you feel hopeful? Like, Oh, you know, some, there might be, uh, I don't know. It might, it might be more of an even playing field now. Or do you just think, yeah, yeah. The cops are going to do whatever the, whatever they want, or this is just going to remain as it is. And it's, you know, racism is still going to decide the industry. Or do you think that there was actually a shift as a result of the energy put forth? I I think in the entertainment business, there was a shift. Okay. I think a lot of people, but uh, the men in blue, absolutely not. Okay. You know, and that's, and I really hate that because my parents are cops and I, I, I hate that the good have to suffer for the bad. You know, I hate it because my parents were awesome. They, they, they followed their oath. They did their jobs and some people just not in it for that. Well, yeah. And Brianna Taylor still doesn't have justice, but go ahead, Bianca. What were you going to say? I do feel like there is, I mean, I still March every Wednesday. It is for Jackie Jackie Lacey. Lacey. That's what I feel about them. That's what Mm -hmm. I feel the most uh, (coughs) passionate about because when you really look at, you know, we lo- we know so much more about our federal government and so much less about our state government and our state government affects us 99% more than let our me, federal government. Let me jump in, Bianca. I don't think people outside of L.A. or even some people in L.A. know who she is or sort of why oh, there's attention. To, I was about to oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so like when during this thing, I'm just realizing that like. Okay. People are like, they aren't getting prosecuted. Like, the cops aren't getting prosecuted. I'm like, okay, well, who prosecutes them? And it's the DA. Mm-hmm. And our DA is Jackie Lace, who is a black woman. And I really don't, I'm very uncomfortable hating on this bitch, but this is, this bitch is a bitch. But she didn't, she didn't start this process. She just inherited a fucked up system and has done nothing to change it. Mm-hmm. Because the DA before her, like, you know, I think since, I don't know, since like the last decade, there's like been almost a thousand, like a little less than a thousand police killings, like unarmed citizens so anyways I, I force myself to go on Wednesdays because I don't want to get numb to it I don't want to feel like okay cool and you go there and these mothers come and these sisters oh. and these brothers they come and they tell the story and when I tell you people are getting killed for a squ- like you know that green neon green water gun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this kid was gunned down because kid, he was a child uh, that was a child. About, it's the same thing it's as, so, um, what was the little kid's name in the park? And was it Tamir, Tamir Rice? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's, it's just it, like, you hear these people's stories and they're crying it's and awful. they're wailing. And I do think it's just like, don't get numb to it. Don't get numb to it because it's really easy to forget, you know? And so Jackie Lacey's getting reelected this year. She's up for reelection. 
sorry, not getting reelected, hopefully not. And so if you just keep that energy alive, I just think, you know, I try to take a stand on my podcast and we talk about race a lot and I can get on my high horse. I just think you have to back it up at some point. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that the only way to get anybody to do anything in this world is to get them in the pocket. And that's it. I do think like one of the what the things I learned the most or got more motivated by during the Black Lives Matter marches was definitely local politics again. And I used to when I in Mississippi, like I grew up 100 percent involved in local politics in every possible way. Like my parents were involved. And then when I was in high school, I just Googled my name when I was looking for my Skype profile because I was like, I haven't used this in forever. Maybe it'll pop up. And it uh, it one of the things that came up was like top four was um I was a plaintiff in a case suing the Jackson public school system because I had like, how do I forget about these things? Because it was my dad and I were plaintiffs because it was um, about praying prayer in public school. And it was a big deal in the South at the time. And um, we won. We went to the appellate court in New Orleans. But I just there was just so much. And I used to defend abortion clinics and I used to, you know, rally against people who locally were trying to shut those down. And anyway, it was just like such a big part of my life. And then when you take yourself out of like the whatever small area you're from and you go to a new place, you you have to like reinvest. And sometimes I, I just got caught up in my life and never reinvested. So in my local community. So I think I was really grateful for this because it helped me get reconnected to like the city that I live in. And what's important, I didn't know anything about Jackie Lacey. I think I probably voted for her the last couple elections because she was the Democrat on the ticket. You know what I mean? Which just goes to show how important it is to know. Like, it's tedious when you get, like, pages and pages of people that you're voting for. But now it's, like, it's more important than ever. So it just reiterated that. Yeah, I voted for her because she was a black woman. Mm, I was like, well, this is good enough for me. I voted for Kamala Harris because she was a black woman. Like, back in the days. And I'm just like... Oh, well, uh, do your research when it comes to government. Yeah. Well, and I think you know that I mean? this speaks to the larger issue and exactly your, to use your wording, Bianca, I hope that we don't become numb because I do think that the quarantine and the Black Lives Matter marriage was actually beautiful and symbiotic because we had time to sit in the fact that like it wasn't news to black people that they were, you know, you guys were getting slaughtered in the streets. It was, oh my God, now we have to really sit in on this. And if you think about it, the Ahmaud Arbery situation happened at the very beginning of quarantine and we talked about it on the podcast and it was like, wow, that's horrifying and whatever. And then it was like, we couldn't keep up with the names. And I think for some white people, it was like, oh my God, is this happening because of quarantine? And it's like, no, you're paying attention because of quarantine. And that's why you're horrified and thinking, oh my God, look at this laundry list of names. And I think people in those communities were saying, right, we've been dealing with this. And so I do think quarantine allowed for us to fill the streets and allowed for us to have these more meaningful conversations. But that's my biggest fear is that people are going to get numb or lazy or that as soon as everything opens back up, it's like, well, we solved it, right, guys? Racism is over and there's justice. It's like, why are we still talking about Breonna Taylor? It is August. Why are we still talking about her? I mean, obviously, we know why we're talking about her, but why is... We thought we solved racism when we elected her. Hello. Well, that's that's another issue. But anyway... So we had eight years of like, everything's great. Isn't this? We're doing great. great. Yeah. It just, but it's like, no, we're actually more racist. We're it just shown a light on how actually racist we are. Yeah. And this is, but I, 
but I am hopeful. I think we, you know, we've talked, uh, we've talked a lot about a lot of heavy stuff during these quarantine episodes. And I, I think we've been able to keep it somewhat light, but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we're four people that have been very blessed with open minds and the ability to have difficult conversations. And so I'm grateful for you ladies to be willing to be on the podcast again and do this bonus episode and kind of get every, I mean, people have been asking, they've had a lot of questions. We didn't even get through all the questions, but I know that everybody's got a schedule. They got to keep fun one, pick one last fun one. one. Okay, let me look. Oh, this one I didn't totally. Well, I, I just put it on the list. Um, what is the food you miss the most from not being able to go get it at the on the regular? Is there like a meal that in either in L.A. or New, I guess in New Orleans it's different. But was there a meal that you were like, oh, man, as soon as quarantine's over, I'm going to this place and getting this meal. I can't fucking wait. No, I feel like well, because restaurants are open here. Okay. So not all restaurants are open though. Some are just like closed. Cause I'm trying to think of those. Well then I'll change. Is there, is there a restaurant or like a place you miss going to that as soon as quarantine's over, you're like, I'm fucking going to. Like, su- sushi is not fun to go. No, it's I not. I don't like to go sushi. I'm like, you just look at it in the box and you're like, that's it. Like I like, <laughs> I get it. I like getting it in pee. Like the miso. Yeah. Miso, as soon as it cools a little, not good. Yeah. Yeah. I just, something about sushi is so fucking unsatisfying and then you just realize you're like yeah i just paid all this money for like some rice and i don't know i just take the the charm so you want to sit in a sushi restaurant bianca go ahead lee i want to sit i'm i'm like so grossed out by uh delivery services that it Mm -hmm. i mean i'm more i'm more pissed off about that than i am about not being able to go and sit at my favorite uh, places explain they're so fucking expensive like you spend so much money in fees and not a lot of it is going to the drivers and then you have to tip the driver on top of that yeah it's, it's just like it's such a racket and um it's such a racket. it I, pisses me off like i almost refuse to order delivery anymore. i don't order delivery yeah i'm like, like i'll go get it from the restaurant now because at least the money is going directly to the fucking restaurant yeah and you know what i did i bought an insta Instapot. oh instapots are the best i literally think i'm a classically trained chef <laughs> <laughs> you're like, like this rice is so quick and rosemary and then like in 30 minutes and like voila i'm such it, a chef it's so good they I've are fun so much goddamn stewed cabbage <laughs> that's, that's what you so were making good. out that's of your like, that's the persian panamanian in you i just turned into like an old like like a like a Polish, Polish lady. like a Lee relative, Polish babushka. I gotta make you my my. Hey, Punky! I can't wait for your Punky, is there a, a place that you wanna? I mean, I know you're in New Orleans now, but is there a place that you think about as soon as quarantine's over, you're gonna go sit in this place, have the most fun, like sort of when life gets back to normal? Is there a specific spot you're missing, even if it's in LA? I know you're not there right now, but somebody's still. Okay, that's a good uh, answer. Comedy store. That's my home. I live there. But I mean, you on a, are you on a boat, Punky? What she's are you on doing? a she's on a rocking chair. I can see it. She's like going or under. She's giving me. She's on a swing. I have swing. sea legs. Just watching Punky bounce yeah. up and down. I'm like, I'm getting dizzy, bitch. I'm hungover. You're making me dizzy. Stop. All right. Rocking. Well, on that note. <laughs> On that note, we're going to drop your checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service from Hell, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends to listen. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind. And we'll be catharsis for those of us working in the industry still. And if you have stories of your own, we'd love to hear them here. Email us at servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com and someone from our team will let you know if we're going to read your story live on air. Remember, if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. Ladies, thank you so much for being willing to do this. I know. I love you guys. I miss you guys. I can't wait for this to be normal and and back. And yes, I will be back. I'm not permanently gone, but um, Punky, I'm.
come back, you bitch. Yeah. I'm bitch. I'm you can have an LA house. You can have a New Orleans house, but I need you to have an LA house and then I'll I'll split it with you. <laughs> I am back, but after all of this is over. Yeah. <laughs> so Punky, do you think in January, like that's kind of what you're aiming for? So I'm not aiming for anything because I was aiming for August. Okay. And look where you're so, at. You're on a swing on your mama's porch. Just for the first time in my life, I have no plans. Like, Oof. for the first time. Because I'm just like, every day I just wake up and I just go through the day. Are we off the podcast? Oh, I'll turn yeah. it off. Are we Are we good? But thank you guys for being here. Okay, love you. Love you, bye.